Welcome to the You Are Not Broken podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly Casperson, a board-certified urologist, thought leader, and conversation starter on midlife living, hormones, and sexuality. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the You Are Not Broken podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Dr. Rachel Rubin in Tribeca, Manhattan, New York City, the day after the first annual sex symposium put on by co-hosts me and Sex with Emily and put on by The Swell, which is an amazing organization uh, run by Alisa Volkman. And uh, she does a lot of menopause conferences. And I told her when I was at the first one, I'm like, you need to do one just about sex. And for some reason, she thought that it was also a good idea. So thank you and shout out to Alisa Volkman. And we built this sex symposium and I invited my friends and we had an absolute amazing wild time. And I'm here with Rachel to tell you all about it. Hi everybody, I'm so thrilled to be here and what a fun event that was. I basically like texted you and I was like, can you come to New York for July 19th? And I said no, January 19th. January, January 19th, yep. And I said no, um, but then I got um, bullied into coming anyway. (laughs) I have like an army behind me, like I'm going, you should go too. Um, Rachel, what did you think about it? Oh, what a fun. I'm so glad I was bullied into coming to this event. Um, it really was a star-studded event where I met people that I've put on a pedestal for a very long time that I didn't know in real life and just admired so much. And to see them live, to meet them, to say thank you to them for what they've done to change my life and to watch them speak and just the power houses in that room was really, it was just an incredible day. I mean, Emily Nagoski, Wednesday Martin, Emily Morse, uh, the list goes on and on and on, but people um, who who are so large in this field and have so much to say, what was so fabulous, it was so many different um, uh, specialties, very biopsychosocial, right? It didn't just focus on the touchy-feely psychosocial, it's all in your head, though of course a lot of it is in our heads, but really also understanding the hormones, the biology, and so you really, y'all put together just a fabulous day. I think we did a really good job of curating it to be evidence-based, because I think I think a lot of women are marketed to in this kind of both in the perimenopause menopause hormone space, but also in the sexual medicine space, with stuff of like let me let me have you buy my hopes and dreams instead of like evidence based. This is what works. This is what we know. And we don't know everything. And and I think we also admitted yesterday when there were areas where like we don't know the answer to that. And I think there's actually truth and power in saying we still have a lot to learn. I agree. I love all of it. And I just think so many people in the audience felt so validated and seen and heard. I had a patient email me uh, who was attending virtually, and she just said, my son asked me why I was beaming all day long, uh, and it's because I found a community of people that gave me so much strength, and I feel so not alone. And it was just an incredible email to get. And that's from a virtual person. Virtual, she went virtually. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so it snowed for the first time in two years in New York. Um, for the symposium, so we were worried that people weren't going to show up. But it was a packed house. It was, it was a, a it was a packed room. house. Um, one thing I heard over and over and over again, and I think it was like a point where you could really see a lot of energy in the room, is the collective understanding that the medical system currently doesn't know or doesn't have the time uh, overanalyze it. But women aren't getting help. They're seeking help. They're not getting help. And I think so many women thought they were the only one with this problem. And I think there was a kind of a collective understanding of like, no, this is a narrative that 
that is universal in this country right now. It's wild. It's 50% of the population. And so many women raised their hands and said, I went to my doctor. I went to this big academic center. I went to a menopause specialist. I went to a pelvic pain specialist. And I still didn't get the answers in that 10 minute visit really quickly. And, and it speaks to how broken the system really is and how you really have to educate yourself to know the information, to show up with the information. And when you don't get an answer that is that makes sense to you and that is fair, you have to go seek another opinion. You have to go to a place where you feel seen, heard, validated, and where your opinion matters. So I don't tell my patients what to do. I don't tell them what they have to do with their bodies, but we hear their stories. We uh, uh, bring science and evidence to make it customized to them in a way that makes sense. And then they make the decision of what they want to try. And it is not, the problem is it's not a button that everyone can push, it's just a one size fits all. I can't give you a, a brown paper bag and say here's what everybody gets just take these magic beans and you will feel better forever but when you customize an approach for the person in front of you it's absolute magic it is those magic beans because my clinic is full I don't get it right 100% of the time but my batting average is so good because I truly customize it to the person in front of me so we see these 56 year old people coming back saying I love my job I love sex I just got promoted I'm sleeping I feel great like I'm not making it up it like I, I, I people don't believe me when I tell them yeah. what my clinic is like I think that's the power of stories and telling stories because we can be like estrogen uh, decreases hot flashes by 80% that doesn't really move people. Like a story where you're like, my, I've been married for 40 years, we're now having the best sex of our lives. I was on the couch and now I got promoted to be the top lawyer at this massive university. Like those are the stories that get people to go in to get help, not the statistics. Nothing gets me more empowered and literally my goal, when the patient comes back to see me and we get it right and she says, or a man, right? Or he says, and they say, I feel like me again. I feel like B again. Thank you. Oh, God. So good. That is fantastic. So good. Um, so let's do a quick rundown of what happened. So we opened the we opened the symposium around noon. Uh, Alisa and me and Emily Morse kind of gave a quick intro. My intro hook, again, you got to tell the story, right? So my intro hook was second year of medical school sitting in a lecture hall and the professor saying 50% of what you learn in medical school will be wrong. You just don't know what 50%. And I love that saying now because I can I can kind of handle that intellectually. But like when you're when you're a person who like the answers are in the book and you need to get the test right, like that's actually a very stressful thing. And uh, I kind of tied it into sex to be like at least 50% of what we learned about sex was wrong. If you learned anything at all. If you learned anything at all, right? Which is learning that we don't know anything about sex, but we actually do know some stuff about sex. So I kind of set the stage for that way and to say we're all here for different reasons and respect how we got here. We're all in this together to really set the stage for the day. Oh, I love it. And then we had an introduction to why sexual wellness matters by Dr. Somi Javed. If you haven't heard of Dr. Somi Javed, she's an OB-GYN. Her company is HerMD and she is opening clinics nationwide and not just in the big cities. Like we've, she's she's in Ohio, people, um, really working on female uh, hormones. No, I was born in Ohio. Don't diss Ohio. Ohio's a Big Ten school, just like Minnesota. Go Buckeyes. (laughs) I'm from northern Minnesota. Um, 
but I just I respect that she's doing that there, right? Like she sees the need in communities that aren't 10 million in population because everybody needs this care. So she really kind of gave us a history of why we are where we are. And it's a constant underfunding, under research of women's health. It was really a fabulous evidence-based discussion of really what we have in our toolbox. And we don't have nothing in our toolbox. We have actually quite a few things in our toolbox. It's just that no one taught your doctors how to use them and nobody knows anything about them and we don't use them. So these products end up dying or being commercial failures because we like, why would your doctor offer you something they don't know anything about and they don't feel comfortable? It's much easier to just say, oh, you don't want this. It's dangerous. It's all in your head, lady. Get out of my office. Do you know, talking about like commercial failures, do you know, I'm curious about the, um, there was a testosterone product. I think it was a patch. It was being, it was being put, it pushed through the FDA in America and they lowered the dose so much to get the safety data that it wasn't actually effective and didn't meet endpoints. What's that story? Cause I don't know it fully. Do you know? So it did meet endpoints from what I understand. Um, and the, um, we have global consensus, by the way, that testosterone works for women for low libido and menopause. Um, not well, the globe doesn't really consensus on anything. And yet there's global consensus here. There's a product in Australia that is approved by their uh, governing body. So if it's safe for the Australian people, it really doesn't make much sense that it would be safe for the American people um, and it went through the FDA and it did five years of testing and from what I learned it was like a billion dollars was put into the development of that product and then um, the FDA came out and said oh you know we see that the data is fine like it met the endpoints and we see that it's safe but you know what this is women so we're really gonna need five more years of data at the breast level we're gonna need to see five more years of data because five years isn't enough for male testosterone to get through, and we have more than 20 products for male testosterone, they need six months of data, and it takes something like $10 million or something to get through a new product. And so it's just the benchmarks are different. The goalpost keeps changing and moving. And so the company went bankrupt. They didn't have enough money, or they didn't put the money into it. They're like, we're not spending a billion dollars, another billion dollars on this, and it died. It died like everything else in women's health dies um, because in trying to protect women, we're actually hurting them majorly. Yeah, I love that. I think also, if I'm not mistaken, the timing of coming out with the testosterone patch was right around the Women's Health Initiative coming out. So like the fear of hormones was falling from the rooftops at that time. So I think it also got paired with bad timing. So for anybody listening, please help us. <laughs> I love it. You know the other thing about the FDA since we're on that is uh, Flabanserin spent so many years and studies and money to get FDA approved for women and it's a medication that works in the brain. All brains are pretty similar. And the researchers are like, hey, this might work in men. Let's go ask the FDA if we can do it in men. They got like the study approved pretty damn quick. I'm like, they, they paved the way for the men just to get in easy on that drug. So the, the, fa the founder of the company for, for Addy, the women's libido drug that you just mentioned, spoke at the conference uh, yesterday, and it was all the fire in the room and then some. Um, first of all, it was just Cindy Eckert, who's an incredible public speaker. Fantastic public speaker. And uh, told the story of, y'all, if you can get your hands on this recording, it will change your lives. Um, 
uh, and told the story, which you wouldn't believe unless you heard it, about the political journey to get this medication approved. And it got panned in the media because everyone said, oh, it doesn't work well enough. It doesn't work. No drug works 100% of the time. Viagra doesn't work 100% but of the time. you don't see people freaking out that Wellbutrin doesn't work for everybody for depression. And here's a drug that works similar to Wellbutrin with better side effects. So it, it improves libido, arousal orgasm, uh, in 60% of people who take it, 60%. I have looked at my data in my practice and I give it I give it off-label to men in postmenopausal women all the time. And in my data, 60% of my patients refill this medication because they feel it's valuable for them. And the side effects are fabulous. It helps them sleep. So it gives them a great night's sleep for the most part. There is a mild bit of weight loss for some people. It's not ozempic people, but like it doesn't make you gain weight. And that's it. The worst side effect I see with this drug is that it doesn't work in 40% of people. That's the worst. That's the biggest disaster. And so can I tell a patient like, hey, here's a drug we have that has a 60% chance of improving your libido. And what do my patients say? Oh, I feel the tinglys again. Oh, Dr. Rubin, I had sex dreams the other night. I haven't had those in years. Dr. Rubin, I had a patient tell me when she said, my partner touches me and I'm not revolted anymore. What was the name of that sex therapist again? Because I wanna go see that sex therapist. And to get this drug, which is not that serious, it's not that dangerous, and it works in 60% of people, to get it through the FDA and to get people to even know about it has been an absolute misogynistic nightmare. And it's it's just a fascinating political story because drugs in the men's sexual health space do not have these same, like, um, challenges. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think all of the, like one-offs of Viagra, right? Of like, how many similar Viagra drugs are there now, right? And it's just like With one Viagra, after two Cialis, after two. Levitra, Stendra. Yeah, tons of them. We love them all. We love them all. And they don't work 100% of the time, but we're, we're, nobody's like, the market doesn't need that. Men, men shouldn't have too many erections. Like, nobody's having the conversation that they have around female sexual health. All right, so moving on. The next talk was one of my favorites because it was me and Rachel on stage, <laughs> just the two of us. Um, I think I think that idea of you and me just sitting on stage came from you. I think you you that was your brainchild. That was my idea because when they got asked me what I wanted to talk about, and if I wanted to give a big talk in a thing, I was like, I don't want I don't want to have to think about what I'm going to say. Can I just sit on a stage with Kelly and just talk back and forth and answer people's questions? And and that was so fun. People loved it. And that's the best, the back and forth, and to see two people who are so passionate about this topic and then. I had a very nice blood orange suit coat on and you had a very nice bright blue one. So like aesthetically, we were very, we were very pleasing. (laughs) Um, But like to see us just kind of riff was, I think, much better than seeing either one of us on the stage by ourselves. Dr. Ruben and Casperson, we put the bio in biopsychosocial. The bio comes first. So the bio piece is really, really important, is spending some time to teach people how their bodies work. Because I'm a big believer, if you teach people how their bodies work, they make excellent healthcare decisions for themselves, right? Is a medicine right for you? Are hormones right for you? Is it worth going to sex therapy? Is it worth doing trying this device out? All of that only depends on what is happening with your body, with your life. And if you're 
a clinician doesn't get to know you they can't and, and you don't get to know that like you can't figure it out and so the biology matters the clitoral anatomy matters like I was like how many people how many men have delayed orgasm because their wives have dryness and pain and and genitourinary syndrome of menopause how many right it, it's just it, the biology freaking matters and when you understand biology you can figure out like what the it, it becomes a very clear path of what the treatment strategy is yeah I, well I think you know you can't you can't see hormones like you can see like issues on your skin right and so in the, if you don't talk about them you don't understand and I think a huge component to that feeling like myself is hormones and getting people to feel like themselves I, uh, to skip ahead we had a talk because in, in scheduling this I'm like we need to have a, we need to have a couple of men on stage and they need to talk about male issues because a, a lot of women are heterosexual and they have penises in their lives. Oh, that talk was so good. It was so good. And he presented data on and treating... Tell them who it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Mo Carrot. Okay, help me. Yeah, Mo Carrot. Thank the, you, Carrot. the president of the Sexual Medicine Society of North America. Uh, he is a He works at Baylor. He is an incredibly impressive uh, researcher in the testosterone space, in the ejaculatory dysfunction space, in the erectile dysfunction space. He is prolific. He's published a ton. And he cares about women's sexual health and men's sexual health, which makes him even more dear to my heart. He's just a kind person. Um, but really, he just kicked all of the ass when he gave that presentation. He was talking about how you fix or you help male erections and the female sexual function scores go up like her sex life gets better because you fixed his erections you can do studies where you treat one part of the couple never meet the other part of the couple but give that person questionnaires about their sexual function and when one person feels better the other person feels better because it makes perfect sense because you show up to the party where two people actually want to go to the party there's no it's no fun going to the party when one person is kicking and screaming yeah totally and he just did such a beautiful job of you know, I was kind of thinking he was just going to be like, this is erectile dysfunction. This is Peyronie's disease. This is premature ejaculation. And really tying it into how important sexual health is as an overall barometer of both your mental health and your cardiovascular health. By the way, that's true for women as much as it is true for men. Hot flashes are a marker for worse cardiovascular disease. It's not just a bothersome, annoying symptom. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, Oh, you know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's like, why aren't we using erectile dysfunction as a diagnosis of cardiovascular disease when it's vasculogenic, not psychogenic erectile dysfunction? Because we know that erectile dysfunction precedes a heart attack. What is it? If you have present with erectile dysfunction, 15% of men will have had a heart attack within seven years afterwards. Something like that. Something like that. But it's true. Like, we need to look at that for arousal. So people who feel like they're not getting lubricated and gorged aroused, that's erectile dysfunction in women. And I guarantee, because it's the same goddamn anatomy, I guarantee the data is probably the same. But what do we do? We talk about, oh, uh, you know, like, do date night and have a glass of wine. And it's just like... I don't know. People are dying, probably. Absolutely. Yeah. When, when he was giving his talk, actually, a woman came up to me and she's like, do we have this data in women? And that's, she was asking all the data on like cardiovascular risk with sexual health. And I'm like, all bodies are the same. Like, why wouldn't this exactly also... exactly the same. Why wouldn't this mean worse mental health and cardiovascular health for women? All bodies are the same. Can you talk about Emily Nagoski? Because holy crap. Was she oh, my fire. God. Emily Nagoski showed up and delivered two excellent uh, talks on stage. Okay, can I just talk about backstage for a sec? So oh, I'm yeah. like, I don't know Emily Nagoski. I just met her for the first time. Of course, I went up to her backstage and I was like, oh my God, you're Emily Nagoski.
Kate, you wrote the book everybody reads. She was super nice, but she's so quiet. She's so introverted. And, and they did a great New York Times piece on her two days ago that I hope you all read that really talks about her introvertedness. And I totally relate to that. And so she's just like really quiet, kind of keeping to herself backstage. And then she gets on the stage and she transforms into Beyonce. Like she transforms <laughs> and she just, it was like she was putting on a show and she was hilarious and funny and talking about her new book and, and, and all of the importance of pleasure. It was just, it was incredible. Yeah, I'm so grateful that she showed up. She's in New York doing a, a press tour for her new book. Um, if you haven't heard Come As You Are in the first place, you're... That was her first. Book. That was her first book. If you haven't heard of that, you're you're new to the you're new to the sex med scene, because um, it did come out a couple of years ago, and her new book is called Come Together, uh, which again, it, whoever's titling her books, whether it's her or somebody else, is freaking brilliant. So yeah, she she talked twice. We had um, amazing sex therapist. One of my I would call her a mentor, but so I asked Lori Mintz to come. And Lori Mintz uh, is a sex therapist. She lives in Florida. She wrote the book Becoming Cliterate and is absolutely amazing. And basically, Rachel, you were on this text thread last night. It's basically us just texting back and forth. Thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. And, and, and at some point I was like, you don't understand. When I didn't know anything about this, I saw that you had written a book. I saw that you were on stage. I saw that you cared about this. And so I knew it was possible. And so basically like yesterday existed in part because of Dr. Lori Mintz. Lori Mintz is amazing. She came, I, I begged her to come to the ISWISH fall course. ISWISH is the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health. We do courses, annual meetings. We are the clinicians, multidisciplinary clinicians, researchers who just care about women's sexual health. And she came to the, the fall course this year. And as a brilliant, well-established like a name in this field, she showed up to this course and she sat in the audience and she basically cried and just kept texting me oh my God, I am learning so much. Oh my God, this is changing my practice. Oh my God, I found my home. I found a place where I, like because of that multidisciplinary biopsychosocial approach, and it was just so magic because someone to her level who can show up at a course on something she knows so much about and wrote the book on, where she can say, oh my gosh, there's so much more to learn. There's so much more to know. And these people um, really can help me in my work as a sex therapist. It was, it was just magic. She's so fun. That's what I love about people in this field is like people the truly the people at the top are the ones that like there's still so much to learn there's so many more questions to be asked I didn't know this like it is a, an incredible group of very curious individuals and it's fun to be around curious adults I didn't know I was curious actually I didn't know I was curious either <laughs> hey before we move on let's do like a side tangent about the uh Thing that's happening at the Ishwish conference in February that you wanted us to promote about. I'll just let you take it. From okay, here. this is something I'm really excited about. Um, Ishwish uh, has a an annual meeting coming up in February in Long Beach. You must come. I'm going to be there. Us. Rachel's going to be there. there. Kelly's going to be there. So many of us are going to be there. You want to see um, all the friends in this space? Please come to that conference on Wednesday before the conference. There is. Uh, something called a SAR, a sexual attitude reassessment. And it has it's a it's a course that you have to do if you want to become a sex therapist. It's required. Now I'm not training to be a sex therapist, but I'm showing up to this pre-course because I need to learn more and I 
don't know what I don't know. And the whole point of this is sort of to check yourself about what your biases are when it comes to sexual health, because sex looks like so many th different things on so many different people. And so it's sort of a, it's gonna be at the Laugh Factory, which is gonna be really fun. And it is a seven hour thing where they dr they take you through all of these different exercises to really get yourself to check your biases and think differently. It's not like a didactic course where they show slides. It's gonna be so incredible and really eye-opening. And if you don't register, um, you can't hang out with me. So I would love for you to register. Uh, I would love for you to show up to it. It's gonna be really, really, really incredible. So go to isswsh.org and uh, go find the SAR, the SAR registration. I love it. Thank you so much for talking about that on my podcast. I really wanted to promote that to people. Um, the, the day yesterday was so amazing because we incorporated humor, we incorporated movement, we had a drummer come in, we learned about uh, the the option of cannabis in midlife, which was very cool to have in there. Chip Conley talked about the secrets to midlife and how midlife people are actually the studies show that they're in they're doing pretty well um, and really reframing kind of our cultural thoughts about what aging is. Speaking about what aging is, can you? Talk about Wednesday frickin' Martin. Wednesday Martin. Look up Wednesday okay. Martin. Just buy I, her book. I tweeted. I tweeted Go to yesterday. Amazon. Literally Wednesday fucking Martin. That's the whole tweet, right? Like that's the whole tweet. That's it. That's all I can say. Yeah. I've never met yeah. Wednesday Martin before. I've been a huge Twitter fan of hers for years, and in real life, she is just this like tiny little force of power. And I, I her talk. Holy crap. Yeah. So so you know in preparing the day. Uh, Alisa and I did a lot of back and forth of like, do you know, do you know this person? What do you think they're? Do you, are they good? Blah blah. Like lots of back and forth, and she's like, this might be a little out there, but I think a conversation about consensual non-monogamy, open relationships, changing your you know sexual interests in midlife. She's like, that might be interesting. Do you think that that's too like we we kind of like we're she brought it up in a really kind of sweet way, and I was like. Absolutely, we need to have that conversation. That has to be part of this. And I'm telling you, you could have that conversation and it could go very poorly on stage. And like Wednesday Martin blew my mind. Like I was speechless. At the end, I was just like, the only word I could say was dude. She was amazing. She, <laughs> like the whole point was that in midlife, people are having the best sex of their lives because they no longer are caretaking. They no longer care. They want to sleep alone. They want to live alone. They want to have sex with younger people. They want to have sex with different gendered people. They want to they want to explore. They want to have fun. They want there's this like newfound like I can do anything and this is for me, not for anyone else. And it is so fun. It was so fun to hear her talk about her research and her data behind that and just how fun it can be. It was really fabulous. She's interesting because she uh, she's a researcher that, and this is a type of research I can't think Anthropology. of. Anthropology. Thank you. Um, where she basically just has conversations with people, a bunch of people, and then kind of like identifies the themes and then like dives deep into like, why am I seeing this repeated? Why am I seeing this so much? And like to get her perspective on what's actually happening because mainstream media is not going to tell you what's actually happening with midlife people, let alone midlife people's sex lives. She was just, everybody should follow her. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Um, one other one other uh, website I want to plug today, because I met the CEO of, if, if you want to, check out this amazing website, Make Love Not Porn. Uh, 
amazing story started 15 years ago basically adult sex education in a very consensual evidence-based non-shaming and i'm just starting to learn about her i'm gonna probably interview her for my podcast but make love not porn a new resource i discovered while i was out here i know you're not on twitter but she's a cool lady to follow on oh twitter my God. Too. between I'm you sorry. and between you and ashley winter yeah. like you and ashley winter are the only reasons i'd get on twitter and i'm not sure anybody's actually joining twitter no right now. no she's i'm, I'm i would be like quieter on twitter than i used to be i would be, be like the only person joining yeah, they'd no, be like who's can't. this person it's joining really twitter awful. today um okay so then we did we got Wednesday Martin, Chip Conley, Stacy Gruber talked about uh, cannabis. We've got Emily Nagoski and Emily Morris talking about breaking free from pleasure thieves and the role of stress on our brains it, and pleasure. It was so cool seeing the Emilys together, um, you know, and how how huge their followings are in the sexual, uh, psychosocial sexual medicine world. And just really, those, that was a star-studded stage. Oh, so good. Another good... Um, combo panel was Tamsin Fidal, Dr. Lori Mintz, uh, Dr. Marissa Nelson, and Dr. Emily Morris talking about arousing your desire, reigniting intimacy and connection. That was also an amazing one. Tamsin Fidal, if you don't follow her, she's like 1.2 million yeah. Instagram followers. Everybody already follows her, she, but, go fo- but go follow no, her. She, her Instagram is, I am addicted to it. It is absolutely amazing. And her voice in the menopause space is so important and so loud. And, and I really am so impressed with her advocacy. Uh, I work with her, um, Let's Talk Menopause, which is a great, great organization, a nonprofit organization um, for menopausal advocacy. And so it's really important, the work that they're doing. So if you are a menopausal uh, person or you know one, uh, go to Let's Talk Menopause and sign up for their advocacy emails because we are going to Congress and we are yelling and screaming and trying to change the world. Let's wrap up this podcast by talking about the VIP swag bags that we got to be part of last night. So there was a VIP dinner at the end, which was amazing at a, a restaurant in the West Village. Can I called- just say I've never been to a VIP dinner, let alone <laughs> being like someone who was like at a VIP dinner. That let alone somebody who's the, one of the VIPs at the VIP dinner. I've never been to a VIP dinner before. You guys, I mean, oh, a woman from Shout Out. To a woman from Ohio. Sandusky, Ohio. Oh, the woman, the nurse practitioner from Sandusky, Ohio. Like, the governor of Ohio <laughs> d- declared a, a state emergency because of the freaking weather. And she said, I woke up at 3 a.m. and I got on an airplane because of you, Kelly Casperson and Rachel Roop. And it was, it was amazing. She traveled here, came to the event, came to the VIP dinner. She has... Big plans for Ohio. So Ohio, let me tell you. She's you, in an area where no one is doing lucky. any of this. It's like part of her vision is literally taking a bus around to all the places in Ohio that need hormone help and sex med. So you can do it. We got your back. We are proud of you. I'm so glad you came to New York to hang out with us. All right. So they gave the people who went to the dinner the swag bag. Just tell people where we are right now, by the way, because y'all think that like we're in a hotel room enjoying our breakfast together and this is what we do for fun just so you know we have the amazing fortune at this point in our lives to like fly places and drink coffee and talk about our swag bags but like you know rachel in all fairness we are giving them like the glam shots of our life like it took me 22 hours to get to new york i woke up at four in the morning through a snowstorm and she woke up at four in the morning through a snowstorm to get here so yeah, you know, it's keeping us humble, you guys. So we had amazing sponsors for this Swell conference, um, which is so exciting. There's so many like startups in this space, tech in this space, people who really care about women's health. 
and couples health. So in our swag bag is four if we, four vibrators. If we miss you, you we are we're tag yourselves because we're so grateful that you sponsor women's sexual health research. Yeah, it, it, like I, I apologize for not being all inclusive in this, but uh, Alloy came. They give everybody. Uh, they have an amazing product called. Uh, Omazing, which is a topical sildenafil, which is a vasodilator that helps with arousal. So that's very exciting. Um, so they came and supported. Uh, we Vibe was a major supporter. Magic Wand is a major supporter. Taboo. Uh, Womanizer. Womanizer is a major supporter. Uh, Uber Womanizer, Lube. by the way, is a terrible name for a company, but a fabulous, <laughs> fabulous device. Uh, it is not just a traditional vibrator. It's an amazing clitoral stimulation device. It's kind of like if you get tickets to a Taylor Swift concert and you sit on a speaker and you get that on your genitals. That's like that's what a, a womanizer is. And a womanizer technology, there are other companies who use it. Uh, I think they were the first, if I know that. I don't know if I know that correctly. But we Wevibe we was it the first? Womanizer was the first? I, I don't know. We'd have to ask the historian. Who, who the, the, the is the, who, yeah, who's yeah, the historian yeah. who can answer that who question for us? Who is the OG of the clitoral but vibrating the, devices? The, the, the clitoral stimulating devices, not vibrating devices. And, and I will tell Air you, Pulse there are machines. patients that we have that cannot orgasm, have anorgasmia. They try vibrators and then they try these clitoral stimulation devices and there have been podcasts just devoted to their journeys and it really is incredible. Um, so we got two of those, not one, but two. Got two of those. And then uh, Dame. Dame was a sponsor. Bonafide was a sponsor. So we got two external stimulators, Magic Wand and the Dame one. Which I'm excited about because my I've office staff is going to be very happy about never this. Had by the, the way, just put this back, grab bag down, and say take take what you want. It's a nice thing to to be a sex medicine doctor. People send you some things to show to show to your patients. I'm going to see. I always get screened at the airport because of my podcasting microphone. Like <laughs> I think this looks like a, you know a weapon. And so now I'm like, I'm going to see if I can catch the screen when my luggage goes through with four vibrators and a microphone. I love all of it. I love our life. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to me and Dr. Rachel Rubin. Dr. Rubin, thank you for joining me today. You guys, this was the first annual. I did the toast at the end of the VIP dinner last night. And I'm like, hate to put you on the spot, Elisa, but like today couldn't have happened. And to think that this would be the only one. Uh, my other recommendation was if you do a conference in January again, perhaps Hawaii or Florida. <laughs> joking, not joking. But uh, you guys, I think, I th you know, Rachel and I are in it for the long haul. We've got a, our life's work has now been laid out for us. We are having an amazing time. Uh, and thank you for following us on our journey. Big shout out to Alyssa Volkman, by the way. And thank you for organizing this, supporting this, and bringing in such incredible speakers. Um, I just met you, and I am so looking forward to what the future holds. Until next time, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of You Are Not Broken. If you want to dig deeper with me, sign up for my adult sex education masterclass where you learn adult things like communication skills, anatomy lessons, and desire types, and how to talk to your doctor about sexual health concerns. If you want the adult sex education masterclass for free, join my monthly membership for more in-depth, exclusive content, more time with yours truly, a private podcast, coaching, and educational empowerment. And you can watch my interviews live and get them immediately without advertising. Head over to www.kellycaspersonmd.com for the membership and adult sex ed masterclass. Members get the masterclass for free. This podcast is presented solely for educational, entertainment, and informational purposes only. I am a doctor, but not your doctor in this format. 
and all of my platforms and guests, including on this podcast, are not giving individual medical advice or practicing medicine. See and consult with your own care team for your individual needs and concerns. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for the care and advice of a physician, therapist, or other qualified professional. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine, in case you were curious about that, and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. But I still love you. Using the information on this podcast or any of my platforms is at your own risk. Until next time, remember, you are not broken.